Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Hey, this is the Church Planner Podcast, and you're about ready to listen to part one of the interview that Peyton and I did with Don Overstreet. The audio is a little bit hard to hear because of how we had to record it, so you may not be able to listen to it at one and a half and two times speed like I know you normally do, but you aren't going to want to miss this one. It's fantastic. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast. Brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell, and this is Peyton Jones here for another edition of the Church Planner Podcast, and we've finally come full circle. A lot of people don't know that uh, in the scheme of what came first, the Church Planner Magazine or the Church Planner Podcast, they both kind of were, were birthed at the same time, though the Church Planner Magazine technically came first in our, in our starting of this, this whole uh, endeavor. But before the first issue was actually launched, we started the Church Planner Podcast. But for that first issue of the magazine, we had a uh, really, really special uh, guest that we were able to interview. And um, and we've got him back now for the podcast. So, Peyton, um, I'm really excited about this one. And, uh, and why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, you know, there there are few people that are still walking around that are like heroes to me. Most of my heroes are dead people. And so when, you know, when I when I think of what I want to be when I grow up, um it's it's Don Overstreet and he's our guest today. Don is a Southern Baptist uh church planting catalyst. And that is the coolest most rock and roll term because what Don does is he mentors and equips church planners, which is a little bit like what I do, but it, it's kind of, you know, I have that John the Baptist thing going. Like, I'm not even worthy to, like, unloose the footstraps. You know, like, I've just gotten started in this game, whereas Don has 48 years in. He has mentored over 500. 
hundred church planners, it's kind of like we're talking to the Godfather today. So I don't know if he's going to put on the, uh, the the voice and make us an offer that we can't refuse. But what I do know is we are so privileged to have Don here. He is the author of Sent Out. Uh, if you've read Church Zero, cha-ching, um, you have the same philosophy. Don wrote Sent Out before Church Zero. I hadn't had the privilege of reading it at that time, but it is the same kind of principle. But, of course, Don is a lot further down the road. If you read that book, not only do you get an excellent philosophy, if I do say so myself, but you get the veteran wisdom and experience of a guy who's been doing this since he's 20 years old. And uh, another book that he wrote was called God's Call to the City, Invaluable to Church Planners Are Working in Inner City Context. That's a little bit of uh, Don's speciality. He works with people in the inner city, and he's, you know, in in our first interview uh, for Church Planner Magazine, Don, as Pete said, was our interviewee, and I loved the statement he made. Uh, Of course, we had a visual on him then. He looked a bit like Bill Gates, but he said, uh, I'm a nerd, but... God has really gifted me to work in the inner city. It's the most bizarre thing. And uh, what is cool is that it, it just all gives glory to the Holy Spirit and his power in Don. And he also contributed to a book, uh, wrote a few chapters called Spin-Off Churches, which is how churches are planted. And so, Don, it is awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for allowing me to come on. Blessed, uh, you guys have blessed me by allowing me to have the privilege just to share what God has been so graciously doing in my life over these years. Yeah, and, and what's funny is we were just praying before the broadcast, and uh, we were, I was saying, you know, I, I was praising God for Don because, you know, Don, you're like nuclear. You're like radioactive, right? Like no one can kill you. you you've had <laughs> like, cancer a number of times. You're like a Terminator. You're like the church planning Terminator, you know. Are you Sarah Connors? And uh, we can squish you up in machines and, you know, fry you and stuff, but you keep going, right, like the, the Duracell bunny. But the, the funny thing is is that, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a number of years, but your zeal has not flagged. I mean, I'm sure there's times you're like, okay, I'm done. But, like, we're talking today, you come on, and you're like, I can't wait to talk to you afterwards because you and I work together in L.A., and, um, of course, we got Refuge Long Beach, and, and we're working together now with that. But... Uh, but you, you can't wait to talk to me after the broadcast about really getting down to the work of what's next, and, and you know you're managing a, quite a large area. Give us give us a little bit of it. And so I, I you know I praise God for your Caleb spirit, man. You're uh, you're you're heading the age where most guys retire, and yet you still want to go up into the mountainous country and uh, tackle a bunch of giants and break some strongholds down. So um, that that is so inspiring, and that's that's our hope today, me and Pete, is that we'll get you on today. Other people will see that here's kind of like a guy who's, you know, has the same ministry as what the Apostle Paul did, um, and yet you're a Baptist, you're safe, right? <laughs> Nothing pretty here weird. <laughs> yeah, but, but thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, strongly in the spirit. So, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, God, God is, you know, at 18, God set my heart on fire. Um, you know, I grew up a Christian, but I was just going through the motions because mom and dad made me go to church, you know. So God grabbed a hold of me at 18, and I, I made him my Lord. And I, how can you slow down when God is God? And he still does, keeps doing his deeper work in your life. You can't help but love him more today than I did 48 years ago and want to serve him more. I mean, yeah, I could logically, uh, politically, uh, you know, I mean, age-wise, I could retire. 
but I can't because yeah. there's just so many. Because I want to obey God first of all, but there's so many lost people. I mean, how mm. can you how can you drive through L.A. and not have a broken heart over the city? And that's what keeps me going. And then God has been so generous and gracious to raise up guys like you and other young men that just have a heart for God and they're willing, you're willing to sacrifice. And I've got to got to run to help those guys as much as I can because I love them. So that's what keeps me going. Not um, you know, not the, it's not always the money. You know, <laughs> not church planting. Not church planting is never going to make you rich. But God always provides for our needs, and that's all we can need. And, and He's been good. So I'm just going to keep going until He. And yes, I um, I should have been dead a long time ago, but uh, someone a friend said it well. He said, you know, the enemy's been trying to get rid of you for years, Don, but but he can't because God is not done with me Absolutely. yet. And I, I'm very humbled by that every day that God is still not done with me yet. So I'm going to keep going until He tells me to come on home. Yeah. Yeah, Paul's list was uh, I've been beaten with rods, I've been stoned, I've been shipwrecked, yep, yep, I've been naked. Yep, yep. Yours is like I've been chemoed, I've had, <laughs> I've had radiators, yeah, 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 tangled yeah. up in you know cars. I've been oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's amazing. Now one of the cool things that comes out with you is kind of your heart. Um, that this is you're the real deal. Like this is your love for Jesus. It's Right. It's, you know, inside and outside, and right. um, and of course, one of the other things is uh, you've you've really you've fostered a lot of. I mean, that's kind of like a ministry that it's been from your home outward, not just church planning. Your home's falling to pieces, but tell us a little bit about uh, you know your your. I don't know if I can even call it. I mean, I've adopted kids, but I I don't know if I can call it like a ministry to foster children, but because uh, that that's your family. Well, but, yeah, you know, talk a little bit about that. Well, just real brief, I mean, it, it, it is a ministry because we have worked in the inner city so many years and, and worked with drug addicts for so many years with second, third generation drug addicts. And and the, the victims, the innocent victims, are the kids. And, um, you know, uh, my wife uh, is a school teacher and, and then I run all over L.A. or all over up and down California starting churches. And... Um, she said, I can't do all that, Don, but let me minister to kids mm. that are hurting, broken. And I said, and then I looked I looked and looked and looked for a verse that gave me the right to be selfish, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and God has given us, you know, at this stage in our lives, we have more than we ever had, you know. We had six kids by birth, and that, that kept us busy. But, um, wow. But we you saw machined the need. <laughs> we, we saw the need of kids that, are, that, that haven't got a chance in life. And we purposely took on siblings because so many of the kids get lost in the in the foster program they never see their other kids so um, wow. yeah it's been good I mean it's been painful at times because the kids bring a lot of baggage I mean they've seen more they've seen the relatives killed shot you know seen terrible things happen they've been molested everyone has been sexually and, and, and physically molested so they brought a lot of baggage but but and we didn't we didn't do a group home we we have a family. We, they, you said you're part of our family, so it's yeah, yeah. God has been good to us. We we did that not because we didn't have anything else to do, but we we considered it a ministry, and we love these kids. And, and some of them left um, not at 18, not quite walking with the Lord like we want to, but they've all come back around. And, and, and you know, as they get older, they come back to the Lord, and so it's worth it all. So we just have one foster child home now. But yeah, so God is good. Awesome. And uh, you have a famous uh, kid as well. A lot of people don't know. You actually have quite a quite a well-known, a lot of our listeners would know uh, oh, one yeah. of your kids. 
<laughs> yeah, Matt. Matt. Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt is our actress, and he, his uh, his name is Matt Jones on, on TV. He was um, Badger on uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, was the TV show. So he's uh, he was that's like a cult hero, I guess. And Did you ever a, watch that show, Don? Only yeah, I watched it. My wife watched it all the time. I I watched it whenever Matt was on, but okay. because I dealt with so many drug addicts all my life, you know, last twenty thirty years. It's just a little too um, intense. Yeah. I mean, it was very right. real because I've been in that right. world, but it's just a little that, too intense. I didn't didn't want to glorify drug addicts, but but it was yeah. I mean, it was well done. It was well done. But yes, it was. That they were, it, uh, was it was an insanely good show. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. and uh, now he has uh, Matt's on a um, sitcom on called Mom on Monday nights on CBS. So yeah, so yeah. This, he's doing yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're you're cool and you think you're Don. You are. I, I, uh, I know. I, I know. I know. I'm a nerd. I know I'm a nerd. I know that. I don't. And I don't apologize. I don't apologize for it. I'm sitting here in my sitting here in my little man cave with about 700 books of um, presidents. So you know, I know I'm a nerd. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't. I don't apologize. So. Yeah. yeah, you are. Uh, you're quite a bookworm. What? What? Because yeah. uh, I think that's that's important. Because uh, for church planners, you've got to know a lot. I mean, what a lot of people don't realize: Charles Spurgeon, for example, um, right. his wife wrote about him that uh, he would preach, and sailors would come into the church and they'd say, uh, "Has he ever been out to sea?" And they'd say, "No, he just." He's read a lot of books about being out at sea, and right. because they would say he's speaking with an intimate knowledge. And Charles Spurgeon used to say that there were a couple of dangers. One was to be at home among the books, <laughs> excuse me, but to be at sea when it came to men. And yet, at the same time, he would also say you need to study so that you can relate to men. And there's this minute, and, and you seem to have somehow struck that where. You have read. Talk about the uh, influence and impact that books have had, and why you think it's important for a church planner to, to to read. Well, my philosophy: if you're not learning, you're dead. And if you're not learning, and you're not growing and learning, it's it's a process. I mean, like I'm looking at a stack of books on the city, and and the new, and I've seen it in action because I'm downtown LA. But it, so they have some sociologists and some city planners are writing books about about the the um, people moving back into the city. Like it's called on it's called the Great Inversion. Instead of people wanting to move out of the city, people from the suburbs are moving back in. And this young gener young twenty something want to be um, in a what we call a walkabout city where they can walk to work, where they can ride their bike to work, and and community. And if we don't understand that, then how can we minister to them? And we're starting a church yeah. down in the Arts District, right downtown Arts District, with uh, with a young couple that fits that community. Well, I yeah. I need to be aware of what's going on uh, by by observation, but also by understanding the dynamics of what's going on in our city. So that's where I look at it. Plus, again, I love to read the biographies of the, the missionaries. I mean, we think we're suffering for Jesus. We don't know what suffering is compared to what mm -hmm. the pioneers like William Carey and those guys, you know, Adam and Judson did, went through to to, to minister to people, so they, that that always encourages my heart and blesses my heart. So yeah, if you're not if you're not reading, not learning. Wood mm. Jones I, used to say that uh, some people take holidays, you know, out to the beach or they go up right. to the mountain. And he said, "I go to the 17th century." 
And what he meant by that was he'd take a book, he'd read about some anointed servant of God, and he would just get super right. recharged. Right, that's and, right, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've learned. There's going to be dead time in your life, you know, over so many years. And ministry stress and health-wise, and you need to be able to revitalize yourself, refresh yourself. And that's how, you know, I believe the Word of God always is. Um, I always go when I start just going through the motions in my quiet time. I go back to Matthew. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Mm-hmm. I ask God to give, give me a hunger for the Word again. But I also go back and read some of the, the saints, you know, like you said, like... Um, about Carrie or about um, the guys that, you know, that really made an impact. And that recharges my, that, that, that challenges my heart and excites me again. So, yeah, you have to be able to recharge yourself because we're still human beings and we still go through yeah. the times. Of and, yeah. yeah, and church planning can be a discouraging thing at times. I mean, sometimes oh, it can move quite slowly. It, you, you often have the feeling that you're not in as much control as you, you think you might have been when you started out, but um, I, I think you've, you've hit on something that really is probably the place we ought to start or at least just focus on for a minute because you've gone the distance. You are a veteran. Um, you've got an excellent track record. You're going on 50 years, not 50 years in ministry, but 50 years in church planning. So we need to throw, when, when, when you hit 50, I want to be at that party, right? I want to be there. But, All right. but the, uh, the deal is that, um, you, you just came straight back, and I think this has to be really the main thing. I mean, that's what's coming out of you is you talked about maintaining an intimacy and a walk with Jesus. How yes. over these many years have you done this? Hmm. Well, well, first of all, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, I believe God cares more about character than anything else. And, uh, and if we're not staying close to Jesus and, and, and pouring our, and letting God transform us from the inside out, then we're just going through the motions. We live in a world today um, that, and even in the church planting world, that it's almost performance-based and it's almost if you do these steps in the next program, next activity, then all these things will happen. No, it's getting getting before God on your face and saying, Lord, I'm desperately in need of you and help me. Uh, because going into a place where you know nobody, going into a city or going into a community or a people group that you don't know uh, is overwhelming. And the only person yeah. that can make that happen is God. So that what God's taught me over the years is that, that, that intimacy with God and that where it's not just learning about God or just getting a sermon ready, but it's just spending time and, and the word with him. And, and the quiet, first of all, in your quiet time, I can't emphasize it, quiet time enough for yourself, not for a sermon, but for yourself. And mm-hmm. then uh, prayer life, um, the prayer. I've learned that the victory is won in heavenly places, not, not uh, in a program or not an activity or not in an event, but it's in heavenly places. And the only way you... You do that is through prayer. You need that prayer. You need prayer in your own personal life, where you don't just talk to God, but you say, "Lord, be still and, and listen to the Father," and say, "Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, how do you, you know, help me out of the situation?" You know? yeah. It's, it's interesting you're saying that because that's the thing that nobody talks about. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just stick my neck out here and say this is one of the. I have a book right now, proposal, getting ready to go to my agent called "God Save the Church." And it's got a cool little picture of the uh, where God Save the Church uh, 
uh, God Save the Queen with Sex Pistols album. Oh. It's got you know, kind of a mock-up of that, but with Jesus instead of the Queen on it. And, of course, on that cover, what they did is they took tape and they stuck it over her eyes and they stuck tape and put it over her mouth. And that that's the concept that I have for this book. And it's basically a return to supernatural Christianity. And I don't mean the weird wiggy stuff. I don't mean I give you red shirt. Well, well, one of the classic books that I've read more than once is The Normal Christian Life I Watch My Knee. Yeah, where, where it, where, see, we think it's supernatural. He, that's just a normal Christian life. Mm. But we're so back, we're so far back slowing down, we think it's supernatural. It's when mm. you're walking in the presence of God, he's going to do what God does best. And that's, Absolutely. that's, that's to glorify himself and draw people to him that we would never understand or, or do miracles or whatever he needs to do to get people's attention. But because we have gone so far back in our own flesh, in our own efforts, we think it's supernatural, you know? Well, Sad to say. So our goal, our, my goal, our goal should be to, to live a normal Christian life where it's totally, totally, totally dependent on God. Uh, and, you know, I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's strange. I think that's normal. But I guess a whole lot of people have, haven't got there yet. I have forgot about it. Let me put it that way. I forgot about it. Well, that, that's kind of what I'm saying about this young generation is that, you know, we're not hearing from the conferences about church planning. Right. We're hearing uh, them say, man, and then I fell down on my face in front of God and I cried yeah. out. Or, right. you know, we fasted and prayed. It's all things like demographics. It's, you know, right. talk being missional, which I got no problem. Being missional is great. But sure. we're not seeing the blueprint of Acts chapter 1 coming out of our conferences. There's no prayer in these conferences. I, I find that strange that you get a bunch of the world movers right. and shakers together in a conference and nobody prays. Or it, the new the new trend, I recently went to a, a church playing conference, there was no worship. And I thought, what in the heck? No prayer, mm. no worship? And mm. now it's all just a bunch of knuckleheads talking. I mean, really, on, on the grand scale of things, I haven't done anything impressive. None of those guys have done anything really impressive. Um, right. Certainly no one's going to write books about us. Why in the heck are we not hearing? So it, it, I'm, just, I'm just stopping for a second to say that for our listeners, if you're hearing, this is a guy who has seen so many church plants start in hard places. He, the first thing out of his out of his mouth has been a tight walk with Jesus and prayer. And I, I just want our listeners to hear that difference and to take note. Well, I mean, when I, first time I meet any guy that wants to talk about church plan, that's the first thing I emphasize. Because that's, again, I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you from a textbook. I'm telling you from life experience. Life experience, the hard way, uh, is that the only way, the only way you're going to do it and survive and keep it going is as you keep your walk with God close and, and, and God then you daily. I mean, God woke me up. I'm just confessing here. Uh, God woke me up at about four this morning. I had to confess some struggles that I've been and I hadn't surrendered to him. And, and it gave me that peace uh, that I needed. So it's going to be a daily thing. I mean, it's going to be an hourly thing with God. It's not just a, a one-moment prayer. I mean, it's just that... And one of the books, and I give it to the young guys as much as I can, you know, the, um, Practicing the Presence of God, a little yeah. classic book. Uh, it's just teaching, you know, when I'm driving, I drive a lot. And in the city, so why can't I talk to God? It's just practicing the presence. Acting like God's not a million miles away. He's, he's right here. And, and he's not just right here with us. He's living inside of us. And we've got to start acting like it, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, we always jokingly say in uh, the churches that I plant, it's as if God were real. And he does things yeah. because yeah, God go. does often move. And, you know, and, and you scratch your head just jokingly. We, uh-huh. we sarcastically say that because um, people forget this is this is the God of the Bible. Yeah. He is real. Right. But are you ready to step into this world? You know, are, are you ready to step into the book of Acts today? Are you ready to say this can still happen? Because it's it's not because it's not superficial. You got to go deeper, and sometimes that's painful because God's going to I think in pictures, so I say God's going to send His laser beam down and pinpoint unconfessed sin in our lives or attitudes that are wrong, and it hurts because we're humans. But it's worth it, and that's what I'm saying. We don't always want to pay the price, but we have to. Yeah, um, and that's what. I've learned over the years, um, and I'm not, not, not trying to be a martyr. I'm just telling you, practical experience. You've got to to have it uh, get as close to you know, close to Jesus, you know, that you can, and just keep walking with Him. Too. And my philosophy, and this sounds sort of hokey, but this, this is true. I'm just running to catch up where God's working. I want to catch up and be where God is. You know? mm-hmm. And that's and, I, and you know this. That's a full time job right there. All the other stuff you yeah. don't have to worry about. It's a full time job, just keeping up with God. So, yeah. Well, what what's your uh, what's your day to day look like? I almost said nine to five, and I know better. But what what is your day to day like? I mean, you've kind of mastered, I think, the art of resting and working your butt off. Because you know, my uh, co planner of Refuge Long Beach is now planning in Whittier. His name's Charlie, and we always joke when we watch you on Facebook, you're, you're like the streak, you know, you're the flack, you're all over. And, no. and we, we always laugh and say, man, it's like the guy never slows down, but then we'll catch you and you're like, oh man, after, you know, meeting with ding, 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 I'm yeah. going to watch the game and I'm going to relax. Yeah. With, we're going to be like, I, I saw the Dodger game today and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? And, and, and I didn't record it either. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, God is good to me. I have a, I mean, again, let's go past, past the second step of prayer. This comes out of the passion that you have in your relationship. When you, fall in, when you fall in love with God and you get close to Him, His passion for the lost, His passion for church planting, you know, for, I mean, just overflows into your life. So I don't see it as, I just think it's normal behavior, but is that I'm going to go where God wants me to go. I mean, I, I have, you know, church planters, especially the catalysts like me, it's not, nothing is normal. Every day is different. Like, <laughs> but I do spend, I get up early, you know, uh, and I have a little spot in the, in the, in the, and little cubby hole there in the front of the house, you know, that my kid, my wife and son know that I'll be up there and I'll, that's where my quiet time is. They, that's my little spot. And so they know that and then, so, um, I'll spend time there first, foremost, and then um, where the needs are. Ask our Lord. Where you know, again, I work out my calendar. I'm not just going willy nilly, but sometimes I do. But I, I'll plan out the week ahead and who I need to see. Like I plan for this meeting, then I'm going to run down to uh, meet with a guy in Chino Hills, and then meet with some people in Anaheim and be done for the evening. Cause, uh, Cause I don't, I don't go out as much at night because I don't drive real good in the dark as I used to. But I'm, you know, so I do what I do. 
Uh, but I, I try to be sensitive to the spirit and, and find out where the needs are and uh, the ones that... And, and again, you'll know this, is there's certain guys, when it depends on the level of church planting, the guys where they're at. Some guys I just need to spend more time with once a week mm-hmm. for a while until they get started. Other guys, if I yeah, meet them once a month, that's enough. And some guys, if I just pat them on the back and say, go do it, they know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I catch up with them every once in a while. Uh, so God will true. give me God will give me wisdom on how to handle every situation, um, and then God just keeps people just keep calling me and asking me, "Can you come and help me start a church?" So I'm gonna take that initiative. I'm never gonna slow down on those. I don't say, "Well, I don't have time." I'm gonna make time, <laughs> you know, yeah. when they're available, you know. So yeah, that was actually um, a question that I had for you, Don. It, you almost uh, addressed it. You know, what exactly does a catalyst look like? And You've kind of addressed that, you know, it depends on the church planner and, and what their needs are. Right. But let me let me just kind of go a little bit deeper. When you're working with a church planner, what does it mean to actually be working with a church planner? Is it, you know, a, like a, a mentoring meeting? Is it a, a, I mean, is it giving them advice or walking them through? I, you know, help me understand what exactly this, well, this catalyst position yeah. is. It's all of the above, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, let's go back even further. Um, God has been, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tack in the world, but God has given me a gift, I mean, some discern, I have a, and I hate to use the word like it's, I got something better than anybody else, but God has given me the ability to discern. I can tell if a guy's a church planter pretty quick. So, I also are cultivating guys all the time, you know, meeting them at this meeting, our, our church planters now are calling me that I've helped start. They're calling me and say, hey, would you meet with two or three of my guys? I see potential. So it's a cultivating. Part of the job is to keep cultivating guys. Uh, they may not even know they're church planters yet, but God and I know they are. So it takes them a little while to get ready, get them ready, you know. So that's part of it. That's a one level of cultivating. Um, and then there's guys that... Um, that just like I said, they're, they're either they're young or they're, they've just never done it before. This or first, or they never passed their church, or they just God just raised them up out of the harvest field. They got saved. They've got a little training, but they have a passion for the people that they, their relatives and friends. So I just need to spend a little more time teaching them some doctrine, maybe, or or just some basic stuff. Here's what we need to do. We need to learn how to, you know, start a prayer meeting, start a Bible study, do some prayer driving, prayer walks help them find a place to meet um, and help them find some resources if they need Bibles, if they need a sound systems. You know, it's just a lot of practical stuff, too. You're um, kind of like the... Uh, the training program. wheels. I'm sorry? I, I was going to say, you're kind of like the training wheels. You're kind of there. You're not riding right, bikes right. around. Right, but right. it is things like, why reinvent the wheel? They're like, hey, man, you know, it is, it's, it's all those stupid things. I mean, I know that you're doing a lot of the deep stuff, kind of like the Paul Timothy mentoring. Right. But, like, this week, uh, we hooked up a sound system for Charlie. I found another church plant that was closing down, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and one of the cool things about being a network is you're able, people do approach you. And so we got approached, right. and uh, they said, hey, uh, do you need this equipment? Well, funny enough, my sound guys, we had a we had a serious talk. I said, look, guys, you know, with with the network, I'm going to always want, when people ever offer, say yes, because I will find a church planner who needs it. Same thing, a sound system. So Charlie now has a fully functional 
uh, state-of-the-art sound system, ready to rock and roll. He's got mic stands. He's got everything. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's part of the, and that's part of the blessing is to, to be the sort of the, uh, the connector guy, yeah. And, and, yeah. and then the other part of it is uh, listening to the guy's hearts. What, what do they really see? Where, where's their gifts are? What's their strengths? How can I help them develop those strengths uh, and also help them find a, uh, other people that sort of complement their weaknesses, cover their weaknesses? Like mm-hmm. if a guy's a, an evangelist, but he's not a family counselor, well, let's ask God to raise up somebody that will do the family counseling, you know, do the, the pastoral stuff. So that's how, that's what some of the stuff I do. And some of these guys, it's just, uh, and they're going to teach one because of who they are and because of the people groups they're going to tar- target. How can we help them understand how to develop that church within that culture? Uh, not changing doctrine, not changing uh, New Testament principles, but changing the methodology and style to help them fit that the community they're trying to reach. So that's some of, that's part of all that stuff we do. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the uh, first part of this interview. And on tomorrow's podcast, we'll be back with part two of this interview with Don Overstreet. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. dot com.